When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gil, you know what everyone needs? What? Friends. Friends. We have friends. Some friends are better than others. <laughs> yes. Our friends at Himalaya, we got to give them a special shout out. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who don't know, the podcast world is growing bigger every day, and our friends at Himalaya want to help you navigate it. Himalaya is a brand new podcast app where you can find every single podcast you love and some future favorites. If you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya has your back. Discovered personally curated playlists. Show your favorite podcasters some love with Himalaya's tip jar. It's free. It's the easiest to use. And they're adding cool new features every single day. Go to the App Store. Download Himalaya. Our friends at Himalaya will be glad you did it. You can follow the No Chill podcast there, but you should be doing that already. Already. Get on board. Get on board. It's, you know, I'm the dude. Here we uh, come. You know, let me stop being sure. We're the dudes. We're dudes. We're dudes. Right. <laughs> but we recognize... You're the dude of dudes. (laughs) (laughs) On this episode of the No Chill Podcast, we pick things up in the aftermath of the trade deadline. For the players that moved and those that didn't, there's the fallout of finding yourself on a new team or refocusing after being the subject of rumors. For the media and the fans, we love the gossip. Who's offering up who, who wants out, and the backstories from behind closed doors. Once the dust settles, we get to see how things pan out on the court. As Gilbert tells us, players have to be able to deal with the chatter and work it out themselves. We often hear the phrase, it's a business. And from the side of the owners in the front office, this is the time of year when business can overshadow the competition. With that in mind, we figure out who really won, what it all means for the rest of the season, and also that monster free agent group from the summer. It's the No Show Podcast. Remember, you can get us early exclusively on the Himalaya app. Be sure to download and subscribe. Also, be sure to subscribe to the No Chill channel on YouTube. And thank you, as always, for your support. So, Gil, this this year's trade deadline came and went. It was a doozy. In trade deadlines, it's always that doozy time of the year. But what people, what builds up is the gossip around it, right? It's like... You know, when you read the National Enquirer, like, this person's dating who, and then they, like, they had this to say about somebody, like, we love that dirt. And this is the time of year in the NBA you get that dirt. It's like, that fucking, that, that fucking Walsh guy. That, Walsh, that <laughs> Walsh. fucking Walsh guy fucks everything up. But he is, like, the insider, right? He yeah, is the... Uh, yeah, he's the insider, but... <laughs> he's a scooper. <laughs> but the scoops, sometimes, like, he lets it out before it should catch legs and there's so much drama now around trade deadline that it's like if it doesn't That's happen it, want. if it doesn't happen it fucks up so much chemistry mm-hmm. it, so for players like if you hear your name being thrown around like i might go to this team and they're offering this player for me and whatever like that can really mess with your psyche you know what it's, if you if you listen to it no you're gonna listen to it you know because at the end of the day, it's it's your future. It's 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 one of those things where it's like a running joke in a locker room. Like we all we we all have that inside joke of who we think should be traded. You know, especially like the star the star players who won't be traded always like you know looking at the ticker like oh yeah you about to go you about to get <laughs> traded for like two Laker tickets and a, <laughs> you know and two uh, two pom poms you know so you always have that joke but. It's probably really stressful, you know, for players who's being thrown around because at the end of the day, you have no choice but to go where, you know, where you're being called to or summoned. You know, it's not like, you know, football where you really don't get trade in the middle of the season, you know. No other sport really operates. I I mean, baseball, you have the But you don't really get traded. So, you you know, at the end of the year, you get to pick where you're going to go. During basketball season, if they say go, you're you're gone. You you have no say so. So 
you know, the frustrating part is I know, you know, everyone's like, oh, you make millions of dollars. You can, but at the end of the day, it's still like, this is where my kids, if you have a family, your family, your kids are going to school, you have a routine and they're like, all right, you about to go play in, you know, Minnesota. Like, wait, what? Wait, wait, what are, you, what are you talking about? Now you got to sit here, fly there, do that, get ready to play for a game that's probably, you know, going on the next, the following day. You don't have no clothes. You got to figure out what your family's doing. You got to, you know, and you're already in the middle of the season just traveling from city to city. And it's like. Yeah, it snaps your train of thought because you thought you were in a place and that you were committed to the team, that community, and they were building around you. Great example. We saw Harrison Barnes in the middle of the game. He gets the news that he's traded while he's playing. It, and it's like, do I even want to finish this game out? I'm no, that's the sad part. He could finish the game out. You're no longer no a longer, part of that right. team. Like, I don't even know why he still was on the bench. I would have bounced. Right, that's what people were saying. I would have fucking left. I would have been on the first thing smoking. But, you know, that says a lot to his character. Like, you know, I mean, these are still my fellow teammates. So I'm going to still support yeah, him by gonna... sitting here. But I would have left. Like, I, I'm no longer... No longer here. Like, how the fuck around? Kick the ball in the sands. Got the tech. Gave the other, te- gave like, the other team. Gave the other team two points. Fuck y'all. It was like uh, half baked when he got fired. Like, fuck <laughs> okay, you. Fuck, you're, yeah, fuck, yeah. you're cool. But you know, he, but, he. I mean, he. Yeah, he's a classy guy. I, I but, think that's like you said. It shows his character. But for a lot of players, like, dude, you, you're throwing my name around in all these situations. Like, do you want me on this team? That's what I think guys feel, right? Like, like they don't feel that they're wanted. I think we all need to understand how the loyalty chart goes. You know, I don't think we, we really understand it. So, number one, the most loyal person in sports are fans. The fans are number one. They're the most loyal to the team. Then the player is second. The team is third or fourth. They're the, they're the most disloyal when it comes to team, you know, when, when it comes to team stuff. So what ends up happening is the teams just bait the players versus the fans, in a sense. You know, most most fans are team first, then the player that's on the team. You know, if you mm-hmm. you know, if you go Redskins, Lakers, the Laker fans are Laker fans, no matter if you're, you know, if, if we love you or not. Like when Shaq left, it was like, all right, bye. We're 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 here for Kobe now. We loved you. Yeah, when yeah, you we were loved here. you. Were here, so you know that's. But then you have fans. That's that's my guy. So you know, like LeBron's crews. You know, they're gonna go to Miami. Mm-hmm. They're gonna come to LA. Even if they hated mm-hmm. LA when Kobe was here, now they gotta accept that. You know that purple and gold. But we see <laughs> they burn your jersey when you leave now. But now, yeah. but because they're loyal to the team, right. so now the team feeds on this. You know, now the team feeds on you know just the dynamic of you know player versus fans. And I think that's the fucked up part about it. Because it's like, as a player, we have the ideal of this is the city I'm in. You know, I'm accustomed to the fans. I'm accustomed to the organization. I'm here to play basketball and try to do the best I can for the organization. You know, and at some point, when we need to switch our tune, all the the team does is say, all right, we're going to trade you. Get the fuck on on. Without any warning. Without any warning. That's the bad part. Sometimes it's without any warning. I don't think Harrison Barnes knew he was about to be traded. No idea. No idea. Just so the fact that you can just wake up on that that stressful February, <laughs> that festival February and be yeah. traded in the middle of your season. But the thing about the fans, I I feel like that is changing now. Because you can't you, you can be a fan of a team and then if you invest in those players you buy the jersey you put their posters up in your on your bedroom and like the, think of even kids i guess that's because that's where the the fandom starts right and now they're not they're saying you know what i don't worry about the team as much i'm following not, the player not true that's not okay. true the fans are they're loyal to their team first that's the understand i'm saying that's changing though i feel like no. that's changing okay we we just seen it live with anthony davis all the anthony davis fans are in new orleans right he touches the ball Boo! Right. <laughs> like, you score, yay. So now you have both sides, the team fans booing, mm-hmm. the Anthony Davis fans cheering. Like, we just we just watched it, and that's exactly what the team like. But, and he's the guy to bring up where he said, you know what? Trade me. I want out. So, like, what Harrison Barnes is, a guy that doesn't want to leave and is part of a team and part of that culture where – AD is like saying, I mean, at, I'm I mean, good here. You got to remember, out. Anthony Davis is at a, a point in time where 
he's looking around and say, listen, we've been we've been at this for how many years now? There's no progress. Mm-hmm. Like, I, what do I do here? You know, yeah, I can score 30 and 40 every game, but eventually I want to win. That's why I work out. That's why I train. That's why I love this game, to win. So I don't see you guys going in that direction. Mm-hmm. Well, they did. I will give them credit for this. They did bring in Boogie but when he, you know, had the yeah, Achilles. And then they didn't, they they, didn't they, resign they, him. With the torn Achilles, they weren't going to. You know, but they took their, they made their move for him. And it, it was an experiment. They tried it. They gave it a shot. You know, injury is a different scenario. But the thing for, for, for Anthony Davis is the people around him, right? So the decision at the end of the day is his, but there are influences that work. They're in a player's ear and there's other people involved in the equation, right? It's okay. There's some situations in, you know, the NBA, just sports. You're in a you're in a bad relationship. It's not bad. It's not the perfect relationship. And you're just waiting for one of you guys to really fuck up so mm-hmm. you can leave. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where these small teams and the, the that all-star player are. You you guys are like a you're functional, but it's not the ideal relationship. So He's waiting for y'all to fuck up. Y'all waiting for him to fuck up, basically. <laughs> and now that he decided he wants to leave, you guys are doing exactly, exactly what you need to do for him to bounce. Booing him. Mm. So, so now in his mind. There's no love there but, anymore. But that's what I said. In his mind, the decision to leave is fucking granted now. Mm-hmm. You want to boo me, motherfuckers, after everything mm-hmm. I've done for you? You want to boo? All right, good. I'm going to go out here, play 20 minutes, score 38, whatever mm-hmm. the fuck you guys want me to do, and I'm out of here. I have no loyalty now. Now, if these guys was, if the fans was coming in there throwing, we love you, stay, and they made this a, a hard decision for him, I'm, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it'd be a whole different tune. But when you sit there and boo the dude, yeah, it's, it's, he's gone. <laughs> There's just really no, he's gone. And the fact that the coach only played him like 20-something minutes for what? That's they're in a weird place now because they have to go through the the second half of the season and he's there. The trade deadline came and went. But so, but the, but that's what I'm saying is like you're you're not gonna play him. Well, the league stepped in and said you have you can't rest him. You have to play him. Right? But that's what I'm saying. Well, but the idea of a coach. What was your thought process anyway to not play him? Like so, you're just basically saying fuck winning, right? Like, well, I, you know, I, but the coach is, it's really the GM is Dell Dems. But that's what I'm saying. So your coaches, there's like, shit, I got to do this. now. But your idea is saying, we don't, we don't, we don't want to win. Fuck them. Mm-hmm. Like we'll rather just bench him and not win. Like that mm-hmm. isn't, that's, that's an, a bad example. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So it's, it's after the trade deadline, you know, the dust settles, it's the aftermath, right? Another team, the Clippers, they said, you know what? We're, you know, we're at the bottom of the standings, you know, we're play, we're on the playoff bubble. We can make a move now, blow it up in season, and we're going to make our move. They, they showed their cards, right? They're going to make a move to get a max, two max players, mm-hmm. clearing cap space. But the guys that are left there, they still got to play 40-some-odd games, right? We gotta, so, uh, so what's their mindset? Listen, players are going to be as professional as possible. You, you put them on a the court, they're going to play. You trade these guys to different cities – they're going to suit up and play. That's not the problem. The problem is not, is the player going to play hard? The player is going to go out there and play hard because at the end of the day, if he doesn't, it affects him in the long run. So, you know, the Clippers are going to play hard. Anthony Davis, when he gets out there, he's going to play hard. You know, he's not going to let y'all then trade me to say, all right, I'm going to t- I'm going to personally tank the rest of the season. That's not what But you, you said play hard. So let's say this. There's a loose ball, and you'd hit the floor for the loose ball. If your heart's not fully in it, are you going to maybe think like, ah, I'm not going to hit the floor in this one? No, your, your heart is still in the sport. Basketball. Mm-hmm. You, that's, you, you love the sport. You don't give a fuck about the name. Yeah. The name on a jersey is meaningless. That's, that's really not – like you're not going to tell Anthony Davis, like, I'm not going to go for this lob. because No, I'm going to go. Right. I'm going to dunk on everybody. Like he's going to play the game the same way. No matter how many minutes you give him, he's not going to go out there and just lump around because that devalues him as a player. Right. You have your reputation. Yeah, you still got, I mean, that's what I said. It's still a, I'm competitive. I'm still going to go out there and do what I do best. You know, but people don't understand in 
midseason trades are not as easy as you think. You know, it has to be a a perfect type of player that can really adjust to your team's, you know, structure. Like Gasol mm-hmm. going to Toronto. He's going to fit in well. You know, because the how he plays the game, he plays the game the right way. So he will sacrifice to make that team better, you know, to get to, to, to the promised land. You know, um, I don't I don't know what other trades that would affect the team. I know, you know, you got um well, what Milwaukee did too. They brought in a guy for for Giannis. Uh, Mir- Miritich, yeah. Yeah, you know, someone who can spread the floor. You know, that's 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 they who didn't, he they, made, they didn't make the big splash of they, they didn't get Anthony Davis, where that would have like blew up the internet, right? They brought in a nice player that's a nice piece that fits what they have now. So you're saying it's not gonna rock the boat too much. It's, I mean, that's what I said. Like when you go drastic it doesn't really work. Like, you got to remember, with mm-hmm. um, Cousins, he came in halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. It, it takes time. It's an experiment, and yeah. it's a gamble. It's not even an experiment. Like, midway trades, are n- they're not really meant for the this season. It's like, all right, this is... Because you got to remember, most of these teams went through training camp jail and mm-hmm. trying to figure out mm-hmm. what's what. The trade middle of the season and trying to figure it out on the fly is the hardest part. So... If you're making a big trade during the season, you really have to pick that player. Like Gasol going to Toronto, I give it a thumbs up. Um, Milwaukee, thumbs up. Most of the trades, you know, it works out on both parts. You know, but when, you know, like last year when Cleveland made that, that the whole team. They just team like flipped the whole flipped roster. The whole yeah. roster. They shouldn't have <laughs> you think they made were, it. You a, think they were desperate? Not desperate. <laughs> Problem. I, I didn't. I mean, I thought the team was built for playoffs. I didn't mm-hmm. think they were built for regular season. And the, the, the team they brought in, I thought that was built for regular season, wasn't built mm-hmm. for the playoffs. So the fact that that team made it to the finals is still impressive, mm-hmm. you know, because you was not supposed to make it. You know, when you when you take all the factors, these guys are coming from a whole different situation. Put in Cleveland, they got all living hotels and try to learn, you know, how each other play during the game. You, you know, it wasn't it wasn't built for success. But I think sometimes for teams, you can't head into the season thinking like, you know, about halfway through, somebody's going to be desperate and somebody's going to make a move, and we're gonna we're gonna benefit from that. And I, what do you say? No, you got to remember during like no season, one approaches it that come way. Come on, everybody, every fucking roster during training camp. We're gonna make. We're going to the playoffs, and we're gonna win the championship. You think so? You don't think Fuck some yeah. teams think we? Eh. In no. the front office, they may say, you know, it's a rebuilding year. No, no. rebuilding it's a transitional that's, year. That's something they tell you at the end of the season when they when they get rid of that star player. We're rebuilt. Mm-hmm. It's such bullshit. We rebuilt. We're gonna rebuild. Rebuild the what? You've been rebuilding <laughs> for fucking thirty years now. Like rebuilding is like I brought a player in and. He got you guys to come and buy tickets and sell tickets. Well, ah, I got to get rid of him for some more young players that can do the same thing. So they get rid of him, bring in a couple more young players, do it all over again. They're fucking businessmen. They're not. But players, well, when they hear that rebuild word, what do they think? Oh, shit, I'm about to get traded. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get out. We got to remember, if I'm 28, 29, 30, and I'm right in my prime, and you want to rebuild, I want the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I supposed to do with... Fucking 19 and 20 rolls. Because if I go out there and still do me, now I'm a fucking bad, you know, I'm a bad leader. Mm-hmm. You know, now, you know, I need to pass the ball. So, you know, you, you, you sit there with that, you know, that Kobe's last year. Like, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to pass the 19 year olds who don't even know what the fuck's going on. Right. It creates a bad environment for learning. I was speaking to the Clippers, like, now you take away their better players, right? And a guy, like a young guy, like we talked about, Shea Gilgis Alexander. He's going to have the ultimate green light right mm-hmm. now, which is great. But you got to figure when they bring in two max players, let's say it's KD and Kawhi. Mm-hmm. I think that's their, their targets, right? He, you just you confuse the kid because last season you, t- you said, shoot, go high volume, shoot your shot, get everything you can. Now these guys come in and you have a reduced role. No, not, not really because what he will learn in these last you know, 30 games will build his confidence. You know, the shots he normally wouldn't take if they were there now. You got to remember, if they were there now, he wouldn't take certain shots because he would defer to them. Once he gets his confidence up and shows 
oh, this is what I got to remember. It's showing what he can do to him for himself. So now going into next season, and if those two guys come, he will already be feeling who he is and shots he will not normally take. He will take it because he's already at that that point in time where I'm just as good as these guys. So, you know, so for young guys, this is that learning process where, you know, you need to try to take it to the next level. This is the process that if LeBron wouldn't have came to L.A., Ingram would have grew. I think if LeBron didn't come to L.A., this was Ingram's year Wait. to really blossom. You got to remember, he's, he came in at 18. So because, because you're in L.A., we need you to perform now. People didn't realize that, yo, he's only 18. You, you know, like right now, he's only 22. That whole team, I mean, between him, Lonzo, Kuzma, like that's what they had last year. So they are saying when you bring LeBron, it was kind of ahead of this curve of, we're going to add this star player now. So you had last season to when, when they added with the green light. What, what, I got to remember when they but but the green light at twenty one and twenty that he was twenty one. He didn't really too raw. He's still trying to figure out. You got to remember a superstar. I mean, you're talking about your LeBron, your KDs, your these guys become all stars in their second, third year. Mm-hmm. Regular all stars, third and fourth year. You know, no matter what. It's just so his third year, you gotta remember, he's still a young kid. So he's coming into his fourth year, about to get ready to turn it, and then, you know, LeBron comes. So it's one of those things that if they trade him to a bad, bad city like they did D'Angelo, and then he makes an all-star, it's not it was one of those times you got rid of him too early because mm-hmm. he didn't really you didn't let him get over the hump yet. He's still trying to figure it out. Like he like Pretty sure they're kicking themselves right now about that. About D'Angelo? Nah, nah, I don't I don't think so, because in a sense they no matter what, he would be getting traded right now anyway. Because once you got LeBron, you're you you basically told the city you you need to win. Mm-hmm. So there's no we don't need these young guys anymore. You know, uh, well, what do I need what do I need the young talent for if I'm building Around LeBron, LeBron's you know, thirty four now, thirty three. I need to bring in player X and you know studs proven. Let's go, let's go, and we'll, we'll, we. I don't have time to try to build these young guys up to be ready to perform with them. So now, speaking of the Lakers, now what happens where all these guys they were on the block, and they knew it was very well documented that the Lakers were going all in to get Anthony Davis and make whatever they could available. Everybody besides LeBron now, right? So for these young guys, were, they were spooked a little bit, right? Like, I'm out. I'm traded. You know, it's over here. And now they got to come back. They got to play the season. And you know, it's obviously, they're still in the mix for the playoffs. And I guess the, the, the discussion is that Magic is going to come in and address the team. So what's going on with those young players now? Mentally, I know they're probably disappointed in their, their future Laker <laughs> um, career mm-hmm. but they you know it's it's one of those things where it's like yo hey we're players this is what happens you know um i know the ideal of me being here the rest of my career was <laughs> what i was hoping but you know if i get traded i get traded you know it's it's not really anything that they can do they got to go out there and still perform you know kuzma got to go out there and still be kuz you know um, Ingram still got to do what he does. That's is, is part of the game. You know, you can't you can't devalue yourself to try to stay. That's not going to work. You got to remember, if people want you, that means you're valuable. You're doing you're doing something great. But they might think the team that I'm on now didn't want me. They put me out there to get rid of me. It's a business. Yeah, I think that for a young guy, that's the best lesson. So it's like. Put it behind you, all right? That happened. Put it in the past. Put it in the rearview mirror. Remember, go forward. At the end of the day, if you're going to get traded, there's nothing you can personally do about it. There's nothing you can do. Like, I mean, you can do what, what Zoe does. Get hurt. <laughs> get hurt right before. Like, last year he did it. Like, what's so funny is I had to, I had to Google the shit. Last year, he was hurt. During this whole, it was a hamstring. Yeah, hamstring. Yeah, yeah. This year, same thing. Yeah. He's hurt during the whole trade. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure that I wouldn't say that blocked the trade because he was injured. Um, 
And he also didn't want to be, he wanted to be in a, for certain teams, certain markets. No one gives a fuck about that. Yeah. I don't know. What do I care for? You know, I'm going to trade you here. You're going to play. And then when it's your time up, then, you know, I, I, remember I got you for three more years. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to go to Phoenix when, you're, when, when, when that time is done, go to Phoenix. Bye. But right now, like that, that no one's paying attention to what you want. Like that's it's not. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you, you're allowed to do. That when you're a free agent, you know. Um, that's the funny thing when 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 Kyrie wanted out of Cleveland, you know, forced that trade. He could have been. He could have gone to a really shitty team. He went to Boston. He upgraded, which is a very rare situation. Yeah, like forcing trades and all that. I mean, you can be disgruntled and all that. You still got to go out there and perform. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, if you sit here and try to tank it, you just hurt yourself. Um, you know, but I think the reason he was traded then is because wasn't that in the summer anyway? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the, easy. Yeah, that's that's an easy yeah. trade. I mean, that's an easy trade. That ain't that ain't like I want to be traded right now, and now you got to stay and play in Cleveland while everybody booing you like Anthony mm-hmm. Davis. Mm-hmm. Like it, you know, you don't. <laughs> Yeah, there's a difference. What's the difference between getting booed because you're the enemy player, right? So if you're you're coming into an arena and everyone boos you, you feel that you feel a certain way about that. How about if it's in your home arena where it's like you're supposed to love me and I'm getting booed at home? You know, it's so funny. I, I when I got to Washington, Krishna and Lakner was my teammate. So, you know, he was... One of the most hated players more, more, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to talk to him about it. And, you know, he was like, oh, I, I see a therapist. And, you know, <laughs> so, no, for real, he was, he was fucking h- hilarious. Coolest guy on earth. And he was like, man, you know, getting booed on the road, you expect that mm-hmm. shit, you know, you, you know, because they're booing you because you're fucking good. Yeah, it's a compliment. When you get booed at home... They fucking hate you. <laughs> they literally hate you, and that's the fu- and I, all, that always stuck with me. Like when they when they fucking boo you at home, that means they fucking hate you. Like so, like damn, yeah. that hurts. <laughs> yeah, that, that hurts that, my that, heart. Like, that's the one that hurts. Like when I go out there and you know, and I put this jersey on for the city. You guys meant that, and and they still boo me because I'm a dookie. He said that kind of hurts. Like god damn it. Like, so that's the funny part about it. Like Andy Davis is like, yo, so y'all, y'all now y'all hate me, you know. So it's it's one of those things where I remember when I was in Washington. As soon as I heard one boo, I already said it. Ah, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, I'm good. <laughs> y'all can go ahead and trade me, buddy. I already heard. I heard that one boo. I'm good. Well, like getting booed on the road. That's part of the game. Like you're booing me because I'm fucking busting your team's ass. Every fucking time we come to, so I know why you're booing me. When you boo me at home, I mean you don't want me here. Gotta go. You know, at the end of the day, through all this, who pays for it? We we said it's the fans, because they're like we're buying tickets to this team. You gotta remember, we the, support you through thick and thin. The fans is always the ones that truly suffer, because the investment you put in your team. Sometimes ain't the investment the owner puts into the team, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 I think that's where the confusion comes in at, and why when lockouts happen, the fans go against the players, then the owners is because they've built this narrative of ah oh, we overpay these guys too much. And you know they're not doing anything for us. Meanwhile, they're billionaires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're they're, they're billionaires, and they're the ones who make the decision to build the team. Mm-hmm. So you know, if I don't want to pay four million dollars and go over this luxury tax, you know, I'm not going to do it. You know, it's instead of you know trying to build. Like I, I seen something that that really stood out of how some owners are just just loyal. I know you know uh, Cuban just. You know, traded Dennis Smith for Luca, and when he said for I, uh, to help Luca, you mean to help Luca, right? Um, and he said, "I won't make the mistake I made with Steve Nash. I want these guys together twenty years." I mean, the commitment of what he said is unheard of. Like I, he's basically telling you, "I'm not going to make the same mistake in letting Steve Nash go." You know, I want these two to be playing for 20 years. And 
I'm pretty sure he's going to be, he's going to do it. You know, how he's handled Dirk this whole time is fucking amazing. Yeah, I think that's the real testament for, for like, Cuban. This guy is, I Dirk. mean, you know, with Dirk, I mean, any other organization besides probably the Lakers. Well, they did what they did with Kobe. They, they were Kobe. Yeah. They would have fucking traded Dirk four years ago. And, you know, if Dirk wanted to play one more year next year, he's going to sign him. <laughs> you know, and that's his loyalty mm-hmm. to Dirk. You don't, you rare. You rarely have that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's rare and that's rare. But what do you think about this? For Cuban, this is a great idea to to build loyalty and trust in the organization because he's saying guys might want to go to New York and LA for the free agent markets and marketing dollars and everything like that. But in Dallas it's about basketball and I can mm-hmm. get those bigger fish because they know if I'm there, the basketball situation is cool. Yeah, you know, uh, over the years he's gonna always, you know, put teams together, you know, that's best for his the ones he likes mm-hmm. you know so you know if when it's when it's time for luca and the unicorn when they're in that position where they're they're ready to try to win a championship cuban's going to pay the money to the players to bring them in mm-hmm. for those two to get a championship i mean that's you know you can look at every other player around that team like that his loyalty is not really to you guys his loyalty is to these two and when they get about 27 26 27 28 he's going to be going out paying whatever it takes to build a team for them to win period which makes sense i mean you look at dynasties right like the patriots or even the spurs probably a better example mm-hmm. because of basketball but they've had that consistent core of duncan parker ginobili you know, before that was obviously like mm-hmm. David Robinson. So they're saying there's consistency in this organization. If you want, you gotta remember. So we you, know what the fuck we have. If you wanna, if you wanna win a championship, you have to put the, you have to put the time in. This ain't no, we're going through, you know, <laughs> rebuilding every year and do, like, like, like OKC. You guys are you, you're wasting, you're wasting Westbrook's Westbrook's talent. Well, I mean, getting getting Paul George there on, to sign a deal the there was I huge. For, it wasn't fucking huge. Like that's fool's There's gold. There's your two guys. That's fool's gold. What should they have done? That is fool's gold. You you what what Golden State is? What is what Golden State dynasty is? OKC had the dynasty. Mm-hmm. There wouldn't be no Golden State if OKC kept James Harden. That's facts. Yes. Now now if we say all right, James Harden, KD. And Westbrook versus Curry, Clay, and Draymond. Who has the better trio? I mean, like that's what you right there from that day point. You've been moving downhill. Anything you do after this is just it's fool's gold to me. Well, I mean, you're just that, there to keep. The, you're just there to keep your fan base in place. But the thing is, Russ did sign on to stay there, where and he was part of that trio. And, but that's and what Carter I'm saying. Was the domino, but right? I mean, he led to again. KD you have not shown, you have not shown nothing about winning. Yeah, you brought in Paul George. You kept Paul George. Yeah, they went all in to get him, yeah. and they kept him. Yeah, you kept him. Okay, and and oh. and what? What? I mean, if you wouldn't, have, if you wouldn't have signed, if you wouldn't have signed him, then your fans would have been like, "What the fuck?" Right. If you sign him, they're at bay. But you're not you're not improving to win. Well, they're a team that really didn't do anything around this this trade. But that's what I'm but what, saying. What do you think they have to do? They have to go out and get another another stud, another like you go you go out and go out for uh, you get a Paul Gasol or a cousin well, DeAndre. You bring you Bio bring those right now. you bring those guys in. You you try to build you you spend the money to build the team. Like what is the point of having this dynamic player that? That's literally mm. averaging a triple-double again. Again, just wasting his talent there. Like, I mean, because I got to remember, at some point, everyone's going to be like, well, damn. Like, he, he's not that good if he can't win. No, no, it's not that he's not that good. It's, they're not building anything around it. That's why when people say, oh, man, these, these guys are, you know, creating these super teams. Like, yeah, yes. Yeah, motherfucker, they want to win. I mean, really, I think that's what Philly did. <laughs> they they, they want to fucking win now. I feel like Philly is loaded. Philly is finally doing something I can be supportive about. Because when you look down at their track record, you had the rookie of the year, traded him. <laughs> All-star equal dollar, traded him. Um, holiday, traded him. Trust the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you um, shit. 
Evans, they're almost mm-hmm. rookie. Trading them. Like, you traded all your fucking young pieces away. Now you finally are saying, okay, you know what? Let's go. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Having Googled it, I'm pretty sure the old owner is not there anymore. Somebody probably bought the team in the last couple of years. If they're mm-hmm. winning now, that's usually what's going been going on. That all these young guys or these new owners that's coming in are actually basketball fans. So they want to win. Like, if we take a regular fan and say, all right, you own this team, win a championship, they will sit there and spend their, they, 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 oh, I don't give a fuck about the money. I just want to win. The winning brings me money. And that's what the guys in Golden State are doing. Mm-hmm. That's what the guys in Philadelphia are now doing. You know, Magic's going yeah, to Laker, win. Like the Bus family, that was really what they built the Lakers on was, was entertainment winning, like, I mean, maybe not in that order. But that's but but they knew that one would be the other, which which would breed success. And Cuban, another great example. Of but that's what I said. You have you have all billionaires around the league, right? For the most part, yeah. They, they can all spend their money mm-hmm. as they choose. So if your team still sucks for the tenth year straight, it's not because of the players. <laughs> you know it's what I mean? It's, it's because it's because of the owner. But. It, <laughs> If you're he a billionaire, likes he likes his profit margin. Right. If you're a billionaire <laughs> and you buy a basketball team, why are you buying that basketball team? Because you know what's business. In the, yeah, like a great example is Dolan. The Knicks, who's the most valuable franchise? I just gave you the answer, but who's the most valuable franchise in the NBA? Oh, uh, the Knicks. Yeah. Trash, right? Like, when's the last time but, they were okay. relevant? I, I, can't, I can't knock him and say it's because of him. Because Yeah, is it? Is, if you look is at, he about winning? I would say, on the eye test, I would say no, mm-hmm. because they haven't won. But if you look at proof his, is in their history. But if you look at the history of their paperwork, it's not like he's not spending the money. <laughs> he's no? he's going to have the most expensive roster every year. He just they whoever is picking players, they're just picking the wrong players. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's not like he's holding his money back. He's hey, fucking spend it. Like spend it. I don't like, mm-hmm. but whoever's picking the players is just picking the fucking wrong players. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that year when Lynn's sanity was going off and him and Mello was having a, or Mello was upset with I don't give a fuck what you talk about, Mello. I'm signing the dude. <laughs> like he has value. I'm going to sign. I'm not going to, like, like, what are you doing? Sign the dude. So on Dolan's end, he should have signed. He should have stepped in and yeah, but he backed, but he backed the, the wrong guy. No, I mean, it's not him. It's the general manager at that time. Who signs the checks? But you're not a basketball. He's not really a basketball fan. He's a business guy. But you sit business-wise, over- with Lynn Sanity, you recognize you have that market. He can he can have a player that you can but, put out there that's got, a marquee draw. We got to remember, as a business owner, I'm putting you in charge to make the right decisions, mm-hmm. right? So if you say, oh, we're not going to sign... Lynn, like, all right. I mean, I'm not going to... There's there's two sides of the fence here. Is the the business side of it and there's the competition side of it. So you're saying, like, for a guy like Lynn Sanity or or the Lakers where they are on both sides of the fence, it's like we are going to win, but then we have uh, something that's attractive to come see. Okay, the the, the Lakers, you have Magic. Mm -hmm. Magic is winning. He values winning. So he's going to do whatever it takes to get winners in. You know, no matter if he pisses off the city, pisses oh. off the players, I'm going to bring in players to win. Yeah, he's going to be aggressive. Um, yeah, he's going to be very aggressive. But where did he learn that from? Winning. One of the best ever. Yeah. Jerry Buss. Yeah, but just, but, he but what they winning. created was a winning culture. What they, had, they had a style. They had Showtime, right? And Showtime was a successful style of play, right? That was mm-hmm. a dynasty. So mm-hmm. he knew if I put this team together that is built to dominate, People will come to watch. And, oh, by the way, they're entertaining. They're fun to watch. And they're L.A. And they're L.A. <laughs> so, I mean, that- but, but as I said, New York, the reason that they have not won a championship is because the brains below Dolan, <laughs> who has to pick the talent, just don't know how to pick basketball right. players. Like, you, you, you just don't. Like, like they just have like, a dartboard. Like, I mean, to be honest, you're, you're New York City. Mm-hmm. Like, L.A. and New York are dynasties for players. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to remember, marketing dollar. Like, if they say, all right, hey, Anthony Davis, we'll give you $200 million, Come on over. You think he's going to say no? You really think he's going to say no? Like, Kyrie, come on over. Hey, Kawhi Leonard, come on over. They can buy the whole fucking... They can buy everybody. Mm-hmm. They can do whatever they fucking want to. 
But the guy, all this guy is, he's sitting here looking at numbers, like, ah, this don't make sense. This is like, no, that's not, that's not fucking, this is not winning. Get this, get this piece of shit out of here. This is not, this is not how you win. Like, all they're doing is saying, all right, listen, damn, if I sign him, yeah, we'll make it to the playoffs, but you'll lose $30 million, Dolan. So I don't think I'm going to do that. You know, and that's how they make their decisions. Like, you know, when where they do they it, value yeah, the they, price they, of winning? Yes, because I, I think the Warriors yeah. will pay. They were overpay for it. They're gonna overpay for right. it. They're gonna overpay for winning. Some teams are not gonna. They're not gonna win. And it's also the the architect of a team, the GM and the president, the the, the front office setup is they have to go into putting their team together with an identity in mind. What's the identity of this team? And the Knicks were one that really hasn't had one in a long time. Who the fuck are they? The New York. Okay. That's what I said. It's it's. You had the unicorn there. You got rid of him. You know that's. <laughs> you had you you had Phil Jackson there. You got rid of him. That probably didn't work out so well. What that experience? Says who? That era. Ask Knicks, Knicks fans about that era. What was the era? Nick fans are stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fucking Nick fans are stupid. Sorry, Nick fans. No, it's not even sorry. They're stupid because they want this. They want quick gratification on a on a team that's been losing for fucking forty years now. You want quick gratification? Like you bring in Phil Jackson. He aggressively brung in players that he thought was perfect for his system. They brung in a Derrick Rose. He brung in, you know. Um, Noel. Joking Noel. Jo- jo- oh, no, Kim, Kim Noel. They bring in him. Like, you, you with Melo, you, you have a team where you're, like, you can see he's trying to hurry up and win. Yeah, but and he was trying to ju- force a, a, an old school style of play, the triangle, that was outdated it's, it's, by then. It worked in Chicago, worked in L.A. By that era for Melo in New York? Yeah, by that era. No, 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 no. What we did was you had Stephen A. Smith and all these guys on Melo's side. Right? And so if Melo don't like what Phil got to do, then fuck Phil. And that's basically what happened. Like, you got to remember, these are the same fans that booed Unicorn mm-hmm. on draft day. Mm-hmm. Like, you really thought that you were going to boo this man, this young kid, and then you thought he was going to stay there? Like, you really, you really thought he was going to stay when his contract was up. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay you he, backstabbing he some didn't forget bitches. That like, no, yeah. no one forgets. No one forgets when he got booed. I said, "I hope that kid fucking. I hope. I hope. I hope he balls out." So that's why you say Knicks fans are stupid. But that's what. I was, but what I'm saying is, you had Phil. Phil picked the right player. You didn't give. You didn't give no time to build. You got rid of him. You got rid of Phil. Then got rid of Mellow. Then got rid of Unicorn. Like, well, they're going back to the drawing board. Would a player want to go there now? Yeah, it's New York. Why not? But you need structure. Based on what like, you just said, I don't like know. It takes, That's like, a good question. You got to remember, it's, it, it takes a brain, someone who knows basketball. Fuck these book people. Like, yeah, yeah, like that, that, that book stuff, that's for business. But if you want to win, get a basketball mind in there. A guy who can see and have a vision. I thought Phil had a vision. Like, when you pick that kid and you, you put, like, yeah, Melo might have been the odd person out, but... Just like Jordan, he convinced Jordan. He convinced Kobe. Eventually, he would have convinced Melo. Obviously, Melo just wasn't transforming as fast as he should have. But he only gave it three years. Like, like what's, what's, what's three years? Yeah. So they should have been more patient. I just think. I just think that they, I think they are patient, though. They're they're patient at losing, yeah. <laughs> obviously, but the, obviously they've been they're still going to that arena after all these years of losing. But I don't think they were patient enough to to see what Phil was bringing in. Like, if he can spot the talent, he spotted. Like, and you guys didn't like it. I mean, I, I feel sorry for the next motherfuckers that come in there. Like, you got you got Derek Fisher that went in there, out of there. Like, you don't give no time for nothing. Like, 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 like Luke Walton, you gave him a good team, right? You gave him a good team. And uh, when Steve Kerr was out and you see what he did, 
right? So it's not his coaching. <laughs> it's not his coaching. Yeah, yeah, anybody could have coached that team. Yeah, anybody could have. But he was there. He, yeah, it was him. Now you give him a team that ain't talented, and this is what he has. He can only, you know, if you, I can only cook what you give me. I can't, I can't, you know, give me this dog shit. I can't give you a championship <laughs> from it. You know, that's just a. And this, and it's this, like Bill Parcells said. You know, I want to shop for the groceries. I don't want to just cook. The coach yeah. wants them input on who they have on you, the you, roster. You, you have to because your job relies on it. Your job relies on the decisions someone above you is making. So if the person above you ain't on the same vision board as you, then you're going to be fired. Period. I mean, you, I mean, we're, we're watching coaches get filleted. You know, out of their jobs for no reason, like. Uh, Tyrone Lue, what did he get fired for? I mean, what was the reason? Like, what is the actual? You take reason? away the best player. Ever yeah, in the you game take away the best. What do you like? When we start to lose. You wonder why. What do you expect? Right. What the fuck do you expect me to do? Like you, like, just like our other all stars hurt. You know, we're not the team that that's we were what I'm two we, years lo- ago. You, you you take Kyrie away from me. You, LeBron leaves, and Love is hurt. You want me? What I supposed to start off ten and zero? What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, let's be honest. And then the guy before him, what did he get fired for? You know, it's it, you know you're you're firing coaches and taking coaches out of the play for no reason. You're giving the players way too much authority. You know, and I I think that you know it's it's one of those things where unless you're in the right situation with from head to toe. You, you don't have no your job ain't safe. You know people are like yo, won't you go? You know try out for a coaching job for what to be fired? <laughs> for, for what? I was the go to Ed. You know try to get these players to shoot thousand shots a day. You know you know show them the routine of how to get better. You know and obviously if it's a sorry team, we're gonna be sorry until this work ethic gets into their system, which is gonna take about three or four years. And then boom, that turnaround then happens. But I'll be fired way before that turnaround. And then some jackass <laughs> who don't know shit about basketball is gonna sit in the throne, and then he's gonna get rewarded off everything I built. Ah, it's that. a thankless job. <laughs> I mean, they're they're compensated well, and the life of a coach is is part of that that constant change. But you know, it's funny when you have a, a quality coach and you fire him because he's on a short leash or something like that. I always wonder. Who do they? Who else are they going to bring in there that they expect to do a better job? If you don't have that answer, it's usually the interim guy or something. You're going to bring in, gonna, a, bring in a, the the elevating the, assistant the, or something the, like that. The, the elevated assistant who's going to fill in, and that's the, that is the worst job because 100 percent of the time, you're when the head coach gets fired, that team is going to win the first game. <laughs> always right, happens right, right. after you, after a coach gets fired they win that first game always so that head coach is like oh yeah baby job security and then reality kicks in and then they tank it now he's technically fired too see he technically got fired with the head he's coach dead man walking yeah, yeah. <laughs> he already got fired but he just ha- hasn't hit him yet so unless somehow he wins and shows that he can win and he has the players respect yeah, he'll keep his job. Other than that, they're going to bring in another coach, and then he's going to bring in his own staff, and you're it's just, it's just a fucking shitty situation. And it's all those things. Like what we, we were talking about, you know, all the, the aftermath of the trade deadline and all that activity. For a player, you want to be in a good organization that has their shit together, that has a vision, knows their identity, and is going to make moves to do what? To win. To win. But there's only four or five teams like that in every sport, though. You know, there's, there's only a, a few teams in every sport that's gonna that wants to win. You gotta remember, you gotta look at from the top. From the top, it's you know, it's one of my many business. From the owner, you gotta look at it. This is one of my many businesses, right? I'm gonna take a loss here. I'm gonna win here. Take a loss. But at the end of the day, it's just one of my portfolios. You know, half of this stuff is tax write off for these guys. You know, so, you know, saying I got to throw in another, you know, $200 million a year to win for what? Why? Why would I want to do that? Like, I'm making Microsoft money. Like, why, would I, why would I take this Microsoft money and just throw it to these motherfuckers for what? Like, <laughs> well, hopefully you have an owner that 
values winning and is a competitor. So they want to say, like, I've dominated this world, the tech world, or I made billions doing this. I can dominate the NBA because I know I'm so smart. I'm I'm so brilliant. I can – yes, yeah. That's why – why would you – I mean, there's a lot of reasons to buy an NBA team, but hopefully you get the guy that wants to dominate the NBA. The reason to buy – did you say that again? The reason to buy an NBA team to win? Hopefully it's to win. (laughs) (laughs) Are you serious? We said there's certain owners that do that. Buying an NBA team is bragging rights. Like, try to, Mm -hmm. come on, come on. You're sitting there in a business meeting, you're talking about the things you own. Yeah, you know, I own own the Lakers, you know, what's happening. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Come on, that's that's the bragging rights. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's what you, you know, that's that's what it is. It's bragging rights. I own the team here. That's all this shit is. Got to remember, I'm pretty sure all of these guys didn't make their money from the NBA. No. So they, they came used, into the NBA. They, they, you know, so it's one of those things like, what can I buy? Oh, I can buy the yacht. I can buy an island. All right, let me just get one of those. I get one of those little teams down there. Let me go and get the, <laughs> let me go and get uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, I got all, I got, you know, a couple of five billion. Let me go ahead and buy one of those, you know, that a good, look good in my portfolio. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what this, that's what this really is about. I mean, that's a great conversation when you're trying to holler at, holler at the female. What's that? What you doing Friday? Look, I own I own the Bucks. You know, you want to go to a basketball game Friday? Yeah, I own it. Yeah, that's my team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's <laughs> only reason I buy a team. <laughs> Bragging rights. Hopefully, it's to win. Bragging the new owners. We got to remember most of these owners are spending a billion. Uh, every team's worth a billion now, but you you buying a team now? You got to remember that person is a fan. Most of these owners own these teams since the 60s, 70s. Mm-hmm. You know, so they made all their money out of the team. So why would I? Why would I want to win now? Why would I give it all back? I did twenty years. You know, you know, Donald Sterling. I had this team for twenty years. I made like example. three, four, five million. What the fuck? I want to give it back now for, for winning? I'm no, not thank sure you. Donald Sterling is the <laughs> the textbook case of an owner, but no, no, that is the problem. He is a he textbook. Is, no, I understand. He is the te- he is the golden child for these owners. Mm-hmm. As a businessman, yes, the motto. I have a team in Los Angeles. When I open the door, it's going to be a million, two million revenue. I don't have to sign no big. He was creation. a fucking slumlord. Yes. Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't. The league didn't want an owner like that. All the owners really want to be like that. Okay. Let's be honest. Like I can either win five championships and make five hundred million, or win no championships and make two billion dollars. The businessman is going to mm. take the two billion. So. Everyone looking at Donald Sterling like, I want my team like that. That I get the number one pick when his contract is almost up, get rid of him. Mm. Get another number one pick. So the most I'm spending is 4 or $5 million a year on one in, in, in any given player. I don't have to try to get a player for $20, 30000000 million because the L.A. fans are going to come no matter. Philly fans are going to come no matter what. You know, New York fans are going to come no matter what. Boston, eh. Chicago fans are going to come no matter Possible, what. Possible, for sure. But you don't really have to pay big money in certain cities, like the Redskins. You really think you really no. think you really think they're gonna want to win the championship? No, that man over there just he bring the you fans one, do. He, yeah, the fans that. do. But the owner, I'm gonna give you one good name every three years. Y'all gonna be excited about it. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's a jersey you buy. Yeah, go buy. I'm gonna give you one of them big names. Throw out a hundred million dollars to this guy. You guys gonna be like, yeah, he's ready. You know, get rid of him two, three years later. It's the game. It's the game within the game. It's the game within the game. Huh. All right. I got my Yao on. You know, it's it's Chinese New Year and it's All Star. Mm-hmm. You know, coming up, and I got my Yao jersey on, representing. How'd you get that jersey? I had him sign it at the All Star weekend. I didn't That's have a sick. personal. I, I didn't have a personal relationship. I didn't play for the Rockets. It was the same. Your enemies. <laughs> Your enemies. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. You know, stop you from the post up. You trying to block my shit. There's when you played in China, he was a great guy. Yeah. Okay. There we go. <laughs> he was amazing. <laughs> he was a great guy. He was a great guy. Okay. <laughs> As I said, it's like you know one of you those things. <laughs> yeah, just... Did you give him a jersey back? No. No. Mm, I wasn't. I mean, he was. He was the big guy on campus. You mm. know? <laughs> they didn't want the little fish. <laughs> uh. You know. Oh yeah, got my yawn, got my yawn. 
In the All-Star Weekend. All right. The classic. Because I know a lot of people don't have this. Mm -mm. Yeah. It's a one-on-one. -on -one. It's not a one-on-one, -on -one, but it's, it's very limited, I'm pretty sure. Limited edition. Because you had to have, you had to make the All-Star game and then get the, the jersey mm -hmm. signed. So, you know, I got some Kobe's in there. I got some LeBron's. got some T-Macs. I got... You know, Vince. Stay tuned to the Neutral Garnett. Podcast. You'll see some more of these classics you know, I got unveiled Ray every week. Allen, you know, I got that Wade in the Bosch. You know, you know, everybody made with Shaq. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I got, a, I got a nice little collection here. <laughs> you know, I see everybody switching jerseys now. It's laughable. Why? You do I, it after, like, every regular season game. I've been doing that. Yeah, you started that trend. Mm-hmm. I just didn't switch. Center. No, because I didn't. I didn't switch jersey because my jerseys went to fans. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I threw my jersey to fans, but I made sure I went in every locker room and grabbed grabbed jerseys. <laughs> Clean, cleaned them out. Cleaned them out. <laughs> All right, that's another lesson we learned. Guard your shit when you when you leave the <laughs> locker room. <laughs> I like. I already. I already. Someone's told, gonna come in and get it. I told LeBron. I told LeBron. I said, "Dang, I got every." Signed jersey I can possibly have of yours, but the Laker one. Guard your shit. I come. <laughs> <laughs> like I really have every single jersey. I have his You're in the Staples Center in disguise. I have his high school football jersey. I got I got every fucking jersey. I got a all. How'd you get that? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's find out. Whoa. I mean, we did play them three years in a row. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, so I. You know, I had to see the man a lot. <laughs> I was gonna say, if you're in the house, did he like turn his back and he went whoop, into, no, the, no, into no. his closet? I'm pretty sure he hated me during them times, because you know we'd come to the city and we supposed to play them the very next night, but I'm at his house the night of mm. getting everything signed. Mm -hmm. You know, like you know, since you know, you know, because <laughs> I know if we lose, I'm not signing this jersey. And I know if we whoop back. your ass, I know you're not gonna sign a jersey, mm -hmm. so you might as well do it now. Mm. <laughs> It took, you know what's so funny? It took me th probably three years to get Kevin Garnett to sign my jersey. He was the hardest. He was the hardest person to sign. Um, when you but, tried to get it, what did he say? Because if we won, fuck you. Right. You know? And then if I lost, it was basically, so it had to be I lost, but I had a good game. You know? So it's like, I'm still a little, I'm still a little cool about it. You know, mm -hmm. go ahead and. You know, so we had lost. I had a nice little game, and then <laughs> he was cheerful about it. Yeah, yeah, we whooped y'all ass, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> like, we might have won today, but, you know, we yeah. played. here's this. Yeah, here's yeah. this jersey. Yeah, uh, it was one of those. As but, a token of appreciation. But three or four years, it was like, eh. And then, oh, Alan Ivan was, Alan was. It's hard to get. Because I had, uh, once I was a two-time All-Star, then it was like, okay. You're legit. Uh, okay, I'll give it to you. Like, okay, oh, thank you. <laughs> but if somebody asks you for your jersey? I signed anything. I was, oh, you okay. Yeah, you will get it. I signed, I signed everything. Yeah. I, was, I, was no, I was nobody. <laughs> I was nobody. No, I mean, at some point, you were Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. More, I, you got to remember, I started, to re, I started asking for the jerseys before, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I had that, you know. Because, you know, I'm the type, like, just if I you, score 40, I'm coming at you anyway. Give me the jersey sign. You know, so, you know, I was... <laughs> I was one of those. Like, well, at least I didn't score yeah, fifty yeah, on you. Yeah, so. I bust your ass, but can you, uh, yeah, <laughs> John Hancock, right here? Thank you <laughs> for just to have a collection. I didn't. It's a cool thing to collect. I, I just, I, it was just one of those things where it was like, you know, when it's all said and done, all you really have is your memories. You know, that, that's. It's like the ultimate high school yearbook. Yeah, you know, you all you have is your memories, you know, and, you know, we as athletes, you know, you, we take the moment for granted. You know, when we're doing something, you know, we, we don't realize the significance of it. We don't really realize, you know, what we're doing. Like, I, I was fortunate to get the 60-point jersey back because the person I threw it to was a guy I went to high school with. You know, so he was like, yeah, this is better for you and your family than it is for me. You know, so it was one of those things where I was looking. Other than that, I wouldn't have had that jersey or none of my jerseys. You know, so, you know, when I was collecting, it was just, you know, just memories. So now when I look at the jerseys, you know, that smile of the, the battle we went through. Oh, yeah, man. You know, like I seen Ben Gordon's jersey. I was like, oh, man, he was, he was, he was a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I was motherfucking you plenty of nights during the playoffs, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's the... 
That's the beauty of it. So you will have the ultimate man cave. Yes. I, I, I got so we gotta many, unveil that one day. Look, I have so many jerseys that I really I don't know what kind of man cave this is gonna be. This is like <laughs> this is like like if I had a if I had a basketball gym, mm -hmm. I can fill it all up with jerseys. That's how many I have. 